welcome to Radio B&R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B&R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, Director of Communications for the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today I have David Evans, who is one of our state missionaries. But David, what is it exactly that you focus on? Chris, uh, my job, my calling is to be the evangelism team leader here at the uh, Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. So what in the world does that mean? Well, that means that I serve uh, along with our team, um, all of our Tennessee Baptist churches and communities to help outreach, to help evangelism, to help um, tell the story of Christ to those that are lost and unchurched. So uh, any way that a church needs any kind of help uh, reaching their community, that's what I do. And so um, from A to Z, any kind of thing at all. So we just want to reach communities and help churches reach their communities. Yeah, and you run around in the summertime in June at Bonnaroo at the Jesus <laughs> Tent, but you're yes. also all over the state working with, with churches. Yeah. And it uh, one of the big emphases that you guys have going with, with reaching is the age-old church growth strategy of prayer <laughs> and evangelism. Come on, yeah. So <laughs> so talk to me just a little bit about your, our first objective. We talk about 50,000 people, uh, at least 50,000 people a year, uh, saved, baptized, and set on the road to discipleship is yeah. our first objective as Tennessee cool. Baptist. Tell me just a little bit about how you see that really playing out in churches and you know what it is that you are trying to help churches accomplish in relation to that goal. Yeah. So, um, Chris, I, I pastored for 16 years before coming on staff. And one thing that I always noticed, we, we had this evangelistic type cycle where there would be a season in our church where we were just red hot on fire telling people to come to church, to uh, surrender their life to Jesus. And then we go through a cycle of discipleship. Then we go through a cycle of just conflict and problem. But then when it was time to get back into um, outreach and growth again, it was almost kind of like I had a kick started off. I had to jump start the car back off. And every single time uh, as a pastor, the, the one element that always came back to mind was prayer. Every single time that we, we start sharing our faith um, best uh, was when we were praying the most um, and prayer and prayer and prayer. And so it, it, it kind of surprised me, but it doesn't. When I came on staff, the number of church leaders or churches or people that say, hey, man, our, our church or my Sunday school or I am not sharing my faith. Can you help us share our faith more? Can you help us reach more? Um, and it always begins and uh, is fueled and it ends with prayer. Um, and it's amazing. Um, it's amazing how prayer changes our focus and our attention and, and where we are at in life. In Matthew, uh, in Matthew 6, <clears throat> the, the Bible tells us that where our treasure is, our heart will be as well. Um, when we spend more of our time, more of our resource, more of our um, just focus and intentionality, automatically our hearts are drugged mm -hmm. where we place our yeah. treasure. Prayer is that mode that God gives us to place, to invest, to uh, our treasures and our times and our resources in the things that we 
classify as important. So if we start praying for our community, Chris, uh, and we start praying for our leaders by name, we start praying for our neighbors by name, we just start praying for people by name, um, eventually our hearts will be drug on because we're placing a lot of resource in these names. So let's just say, hypothetically, that we're hanging out and either I personally don't really care about reaching my neighborhood or I'm hanging out with Christians that don't want to reach a neighborhood and stuff like that. How do we start caring? How do we how do we just care about people and actually get on track about it? Well, it begins with prayer. When I start praying and I start spending every single day of my life lifting somebody's name up, eventually my heart mm. will follow. So so let me ask you, okay, <clears throat> we talk a lot about prayer. Do you think, I'm going to put you on the spot, do you think we talk more about prayer than we actually pray as a people? <laughs> yes, uh, most definitely. Because you know, somebody might be listening to this and might be thinking, um, well, we hear about that all the time. What else you got kind of thing? Yeah. That may not be what they say, but that seems to be you know, the, the, the response because yeah. it's almost like we're always looking for the next church growth <laughs> strategy or you know, formula or whatever. Next book. You know, right, something. and we yeah. go from one seminar to another, yeah. and and you're saying that it's actually the actual prayer. Yeah, and and it's and that's the crazy thing, dude, is that we're always seeking for another model. We're we're seeking for the next program. We're seeking for that next church that's doing it, so we can adopt what they're doing and place that where we're at, where we spend most of our time comparing ourselves with the church down the road when we're called to be the church that God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. And so if God wanted us to be the church down the road, then why are we even here? He's already got them. Yeah. And so the way that we find our program or our mold is through prayer and fasting. And man, there are only some things in this world and outside of this world that can only be accomplished by prayer and fasting. Yeah. True New Testament evangelism. At the very heart of the New Testament, evangelism is is not a mold in which it is forced upon every single church. Mm-hmm. It's an organic and very natural. It is birthed from the hearts, from the pains, from the experiences, from the education of the people within your body. So every single church will do evangelism outreach differently because you have different people. The moment your evangelism or outreach or ministry looks like somebody else's, dude, you got to step back yeah. and say, man, am I really doing the ministry God has called me to do or am I doing the ministry that God has called them to do? Trying and to replicate it. That's right. Because yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you think about this, okay, so the first 50 years of churches in the New Testament, maybe in the first 100, there was nobody writing books about church growth strategy. <laughs> no. They were all just praying and evangelizing. Yeah. And so they were all very much unique churches. Corinth didn't look like Thessalonica, didn't look like Rome, yeah. didn't look like that. So what you're saying is there's something very New Testament about just seeking what God wants your church to yeah. be. Yeah, there's something about when your people fall on their face and and they seek the Lord. And I, I kind of want to rewind back um, to, to just a moment ago when we were talking about um, do we talk more about prayer than we mm. do? And and I laughed a little bit then because honestly, yeah, you know, there's been times in my ministry I've talked more about prayer mm. than I've actually done it. When I first started in the ministry, I, I've, I've never really been around a real prayerful, prayerful ministry before. Um I knew I was supposed to bless my food. I knew I was supposed to say a prayer at night, but I never really 
really had this desire to pray and to fall on my face and spend seasons and hours in prayer. Mm. And until in my ministry, until when, when as, as a pastor, whenever I got to that point, uh, things things weren't real. Things just did not move. Mm. Something happened, and and I, there are a couple of churches that that I was with in my area. Uh, they invited me to the church leadership uh, meetings and stuff like that. Dude, they spent hours in prayer, and it just drove me nuts because I was not used to it. Mm. Um, and then whenever I finally got used to it, when I got to a cadence, it changed everything mm. about my life and my cadence. Uh, now I realize, Chris, uh, it is uh, it, it, it's the place where we find our direction, our orders from our commander and our king. Um, it's where I'm broken. It's where I repent. Um, it, through my lamentation, through through my repentance, I think that's where I find the greatest direction from my Lord and my King. Uh, whenever I get to that point in life, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing. Like when the uh, when the disciples were on the boat and and it was just rocking and rolling because of the storm. Mark's account of that story actually tells us that Jesus did not intend; he did not have intention in going directly to the boat. He was walking past it. But these men started screaming because they heard something. And then you see Jesus come back. Now, does prayer change God? No, that's an age-old theological mm-hmm. question, right? I do believe there are times that God's waiting for us to be broken mm-hmm. and waiting for us to get that posture of prayer. And God is giving us time. That's what God has put in place as the instrument for us. When we fall on our face, we humble ourselves to our majestic King things move. And I think the Lord may be waiting on some of us to be broken. And when we get there, um, things. Well, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about the story of George Mueller uh, back in, in London in the early 1800s, mid 1800s, who had a burden for orphans. And uh, he, it, before his ministry was over, he had uh, housed and educated more than 10,000 orphans this is a minister who basically had given up a position to start doing this, he and his wife, and they, they had no money, but he was a man of immense prayer. Yeah. He never solicited for money, and he never was in debt, yeah. but over the course of about 25 or 30 years, they served more than 10,000 orphans, and he attributes it all to prayer. One of the stories that he had uh, that he had told was that they, he sat all the kids down for breakfast with no food, and they thanked the Lord for the food that they were about to receive. Mm. When they finished praying, there was a knock on the door where the milkman whose truck had just broken down outside the orphanage had uh, had to give away all of the milk. And then when the uh, right about that same time, the bread guy came by and gave bread for all of the orphans, and so they had food. But George Mueller uh, attributed his entire existence of that ministry to the fact that uh, to prayer yeah. and that God provided. People hear those types of stories and they think, "Wow, that's a that's an amazing story." And we love stories like that. But really, the same God who answered the type of prayers that George Mueller was praying 150 years ago yeah. is the same God we pray to today. Why do you think that we don't necessarily see the same type of movement within our individual lives, our churches, <laughs> as we might have seen back then when people like um, uh, um, Spurgeon and Mueller and others like that were ministering? Yeah, it seems like in, in that time of human history, we needed God more. 
it, it doesn't seem like we need God as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we're extraordinarily wealthy. We're extraordinarily comfort, com- comforted. We, we have so many pleasures. And Chris, when when we as Christians have a problem, bro, we just we just chunk money or resource mm-hmm. or something at it, and it goes away. Have you ever thought that maybe the next time that you and your family have an issue, maybe God doesn't want you just to finance it away. Maybe God wants you to fast it away. Mm. You know, maybe God wants you to pray it away, but yet, you know, we're not willing to wait on him. We're not willing to seek him. We're willing to take our own resource that we've that we've earned and we've really, really put a lot of hard work into, mm. right? But we are we are ready and willing nowadays to solve our own problems instead of waiting on the Lord to solve our problem. And there's something just about waiting, being patient and waiting and being prayerful just to see what God is up to, to pray, to wait, to see where he's moving. And then uh, as the old experiencing God uh, uh, teaching and move where he's mm-hmm. moving, right? Uh, there's something about that that we're not willing to do anymore. Um, I feel that we we are moving from this model of church from decades of, of this entertainment and attractional model mm. where if we build it, they will come kind of thing. Right, and, right. and, and, and we've, we've done kind of this Christian thing in, in our lives where, where, where we've spent so much time focused on my pleasure and my comfort and, and my safety. Um, eventually these monies are going to start running out mm-hmm. and we're going to have to figure out how to do church different. We're going to have to figure out how to do church without money. Um, and I think we've got two models of church that are staring us right in the face, either a missional model of church where we're just going out and we're engaging the community. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know people are not just coming to the church anymore. They're not knocking down the doors. The church is not the center of influence in our community any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we're even lucky if somebody comes to our doorstep at all anymore, yeah. if they know where it's at. And so for the church to be the church, it means that we have to go engage the community. We can't be a y'all come. Yeah. We've got to be a let's go, that kind of thing. We've got this missional model. And I dare say that we also possibly have this suffering model. And I, and I say that because throughout history, throughout Christian history, the church, Christianity, the gospel being ambassadors have thrived through persecution. Mm-hmm. And I think right now we're in this really weird era. We're in this really weird step right now in transition that in a sense we kind of get to choose. Yeah. Are we going to continue to pad our lives and our comforts with this money and this resource that we have? Uh, or are we going to take these kind of things and spend it to our community, spend it to the gospel, spend it in carrying the gospel mm. out? Or is God going to have to strip all these comforts away to finally get us to a place of brokenness yeah. to where we will fall on our knees and we will say, God, we need you. We are desperate for you. Use us. We see like even in uh, Judges 6, Gideon, um, he was desperate. God put a task in front of him. And he says, God, I'm, I'm too young. My tribe, is, we're a bunch of nobodies. We're, yeah. We don't have this. Surely there's somebody else. And it wasn't until he came to that point of prayer, point of confession, point of desperation that God said, you are a mighty man well, and I'm going to use you. You talk about, you know, we, we really have, uh, we are wealthy. I mean, even though there is, you know, pockets of poverty across Tennessee, I mean, overall, Globally, sure. we are a wealthy people. Sure. And for decades, we really have tried to solve our problem by financially fixing it or working it harder. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons we have 50,000 set 
as a number in our first objective of 50,000, at least 50,000 people uh, saying yes. baptized and still on the road discipleship, is that number, in fact, with the way growth is, it may not actually be keeping up with the population growth in Tennessee. Yeah. But that's why that number was originally set. Yeah. Okay, we have 3,200 uh, Southern Baptist churches that are affiliated through mm -hmm. our network of Tennessee Baptist churches. We have Presbyterian churches. We have Assemblies churches. We have evangelical churches across our state. Mm -hmm. But our state is increasingly becoming more spiritually lost. Mm -hmm. So obviously what we have been doing yeah. isn't working. Yeah. We're not even really incrementally keeping up with population growth yes. with close to 4 million people out of about 7 million people in our state currently yeah. with no relationship with Christ. So talk a little bit about the prayer strategy, because you guys are you guys you guys aren't interested in talking about prayer with what you guys are trying to accomplish on the evangelism side of what we're doing here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. You guys are wanting to pray, not talk about pray, not host about seminars about how to pray better. But talk a little bit about what you guys are trying to do in 2018 and where that's headed with prayer. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, threw out that 50,000 number that, uh, that Dr. Davis um, thought about, thought through, assigned, and um, managed. We as uh, Tennessee Baptists, we adopted. This is something that we want to uh, that we want to embrace. We want to see um, at least 50,000 uh, Tennesseans annually saved, baptized, and set on the road to discipleship by 2024. And, Currently, we're seeing um, we're seeing less than half of that, um, and we've not seen um, great. We hadn't seen this explosion yet, mm. and if we keep going at the rate for which we're going, we're not going to see, you know, these numbers double. There has to be something different, and for us, uh, prayer and the focus on prayer um, may not necessarily be different because man, we got some praying people yes, out there. We do. Um, it, it's just vital. It's well, extraordinarily vital. Let me interject before yeah, you go on. on. The, the whole point of the 50,000 is we're not shooting for a number here. The reality yeah. of this yeah. is our state is becoming increasingly more spiritually lost every year. Yes. Yeah. And we have uh, missiologists out there like Jeff Orge who are saying that within five years, we will be uh, at about a, a spiritually saved population as Colorado is, and possibly in 10 years, um, our numbers might diminish as much as what it is on the West Coast. Yeah. Our culture is significantly changing. Yeah. Christians are not winning the day for the Lord where we currently are. So 50,000 isn't some arbitrary number no. that we picked out there, and it's not about the numbers. It is a benchmark that if we're not moving that direction, it tells us we are losing our state yeah. for the Lord. And we want to win our state for the Lord. So yeah. you guys are, are taking steps. I'm to glad you mentioned that, Chris. It, it, it is, it, it's not necessarily the specific goal. Once we hit 50,000, you That's know, right. we're not going to be like, yeah, okay, now we've done it. Now we can sit back and, and it's chill. It's like we got to the starting line. Yeah. Yeah. It is that starting line. It's a cadence. If we're able to kind of jumpstart um, the, the boat, the car of evangelism throughout our churches in Tennessee, and we just start moving and start moving, the cadence is going to push us to that number and through that number. What that number does, it sets us a goal that, man, once we hit 30,000 or once we hit 20,000 or 25,000, whatever it is, we're not just going to stop and be like, oh, man, we hit that. Let's do a next goal. No, once we hit that type of number, 
then what that's going to tell us is that there's a cadence. There's something mm-hmm. different that's happening that the necessary ingredients are now in place for us to go from a regular road car to a race car. Yeah. And so we've got to get onto the boat of being a race car. And a part of us doing that uh, is putting together uh, prayer rallies uh, throughout Tennessee. Um, we want to um, put prayer rallies together, not not to have somebody come in, Chris, and and just talk about prayer and give us here the five aspects of prayer and to go home and pray and that kind of thing. Those are good things. Those are great seminars. What we want to do is just really do a public call and say, hey, man, here's here's a prayer rally. Will you just come and just pray for anything? Do you need prayer? Come. Uh, will you um, adopt households in your neighborhood uh, for evangelistic prayer after this? Please come. And so the prayer rallies, uh, we've got several, like for the next two months, We've got one in January 11th. Uh, the National Baptist Association's putting one on at mm. Faith Baptist. Uh, it starts at 7 o'clock. Our, um, Dr. Scott Shepherd is going to be there uh, to lead worship. Uh, after he leads worship, then we're actually going to pray. We're going to just have the audacity just to pray. <laughs> um, we're going to call folks to wherever they want to go, and we're just going to spend time praying, mm. uh, lamenting, repenting, praising, whatever it is. We're going to pray and pray and pray. After it seems like that season is over for that night, uh, then everybody that's come is going to have an opportunity to adopt their neighbors for prayer. Mm. Um, Let me share a couple more of these dates, and then I want to talk about what this adoption is all about. So January 11th, National Baptist Association is going to be doing it at Faith Baptist, 7 p.m. January the 18th. Hamilton Baptist Association there in Chattanooga is going to do it at Brainerd Baptist, and we're going to have uh, the Jason Lovins Band is going to come and lead worship, and then again, just go right into prayer. And that starts at 7. On February the 12th, the Concord Baptist Association is going to be doing it at Parkway Baptist, uh, and it starts at 7. And then February the 15th, uh, Knox County Baptist Association is going to be doing it at Wallace Memorial Baptist Church, Mm. and again, that starts at 7. and so uh, February 15th is also going to be with the Jason Lovins Band as well. So they're going to lead worship. We're going to pray. And then what about this interesting thing about adopting households yes. for prayer? So there's a software now that's available to us um, that helps us do this very, very practically. If you go to... Well, um, when you say us, this is available not to like just us as Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, this is available to us as Tennessee Baptists, so anybody out there can can engage Thank with you your for that clarity. Yeah. When I say us, I mean all of us. All of us. So I'm thinking all of us from Memphis to uh, to to uh, Johnson City. I'm talking about everybody in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If you want to pray for your neighbors, that's the us I'm talking about. Yeah. If you go to pray the number four tn.com, so pray for tn.com, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to go to a webpage that will uh, kind of lay out for you. Uh, how you can become a light, how you can become a prayer outpost uh, for your community. What is a prayer outpost? Well, it's a group of people that are agreeing uh, to adopt their neighborhoods, their community, by name and address Mm. for prayer. What is a light? A light is a person or a family that adopts their neighborhood, a hundred of their closest neighbors by name and address for evangelistic prayer. This is how it works. When you go to pray4tn.com, you'll be able to click on that link and it will take you to this uh, um, software called Bless Every Home that we're using. When you go there, you'll be able to put in your email address. You'll be able to put in your physical address uh, and you'll be able to sign up. Um, 
once you sign up, they will send you five names a day um, and five of your closest neighbors by name and address. It'll be in your inbox, your email inbox. Mm -hmm. When you read that, when you open up your uh, email, there'll be a sample prayer. How do you pray for people? How do you pray uh, for someone that's not you, you know? How do you pray when it's not something that you want or you need? Or um, how do you pray when it's not somebody that's sick? How do you just pray for lost people? Well, there'll be some sample prayers. So you pray for these five, and then you click. The button says click when done. Uh, and that will take you to the software, to the um, to the website. The website will keep up with how many people you've prayed for. The cool thing about the software, Chris, is this. Not only does it keep track of people that you're praying for, but it keeps track of people that you've shared the gospel with. Because mm-hmm. my hope in the heart, because, again, at the very beginning of this, I use the word evangelism. And I don't think I've said evangelism yeah. since then. Yeah. Because for me, at the heart of evangelism is prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us to become evangelistic, we've got to be prayerful. Um, so as an evangelism team leader, as an evangelism guy, my heart is that we start getting on fire, sharing the gospel with people across yeah. Tennessee. So once you pray for them, hopefully one day you'll start sharing the gospel with them. So here are the things it tracks. Number one. It'll track if you've prayed for your neighbor or not. Number two, it'll track if you've cared for your neighbor. So the thought is, get out and know your neighbor. Mm -hmm. The people that you live around, I know we all live in our own palaces. We live in our own little kingdoms. You know, everybody stay off my lawn and I'm in my house and then I go whenever I want to meet people. But we've got to change that. So uh, I just had a Willie McLaurinism come to Uh me. Praying (laughs) and caring leads to sharing. You know, that is So beautiful. that's pretty good right there. <laughs> that is, that so, is beautiful. So what you're saying, when you start to specifically pray, you said yes. earlier that it's really through that praying by name for mm-hmm. people, you begin, God begins to give you a, a burden for that mm-hmm. person. And you're naturally going to want to serve your neighbor. Let's hope. It's probably in the context <laughs> of that. You don't necessarily need four spiritual laws or the Roman road. All those things are good, but it's probably in the natural context of building that relationship that a gospel yeah. conversation is going to emerge. Yeah. And then it's just a natural bridge to, to begin to share uh, the truth about Christ and sin and salvation and repentance and all those things that we call, yeah. quote, evangelism. Evangelism is not a magical formula here. Yeah. And it's not relegated to a systematic process. It's sharing the good news of Christ. It is. And the fact that we are separated from God, we need to repent, believe, and be saved. I'm glad you mentioned that, Chris. Um, I don't think tools are our problem. I think we've got plenty of tools. Mm. I think we've got plenty of gospel tracts. We've got plenty of um, educational tracts. We've got plenty of things out there to use. If you go to the Reaching app, just download the Reaching app. I've got a list of tools. The one that we have uh, got focused on this year is a John 3.16 track. You can look at that. You can use that. Uh, NAM has been using three circles. We've got all these tools. Yeah. Chris, I don't know if tools are a problem because, one, you have to have a want to. Yeah, that's right. you got to have a, a care and yeah. a desire. And people that don't care about other people, mm. they're not going to pick up the tool. You know, when you decide that you want to go garden and you want to go um, have vegetables all organic for yourself, well, eventually you have to go to Home Depot, Lowe's, or Tractor Supply and get a tool to design your garden. Mm -hmm. It's when you have that desire and that want to that you'll go buy the tool, right? So we've got tools waiting on people that will finally find a want to. How do they find the want to? They pray. Mm -hmm. If Matthew 6 is correct, and I believe that it is, 
and you believe that it is, and I know most of your listeners believe that it is, where our treasure is, our heart will be there as well. Our right. heart, our care, the want to. So put your treasure in your neighbors. Start spending time praying, investing, and thinking about yeah. them. And eventually, what happens? You'll start caring about them. And you'll start thinking more than just of yourself. And you'll start thinking more of others. That software tracks prayer. It tracks if you're caring for your people. It tracks if you're sharing gospel. It also tracks if those people are being discipled, if they're mm-hmm. being in a church and something. So you can keep track of yourself and how you're sharing gospel with your neighbors. I'm not talking about my neighbors. Right, right. I'm not talking people coming to Springfield right. where I live and, you know, uh, serve my neighbors. I'm talking about in your neck yeah. of the woods, your neighbors, people I don't know, people I may never get to meet yeah. to share the gospel with. These are the people that God, in his sovereignty, allows us to live near. Do you think, Chris, that if God in all his control and all his sovereignty, if God did not want you to live where you live, that you would be living where you live? Yeah. I think God is just so powerful that if he wanted you somewhere else, Chris, he would put you somewhere else. Well, it's one of those things people talk about, you know, missionaries and all those kinds of things. And really, a missionary is not just someone who goes to a foreign country. A missionary is anybody who has a burden for lost people and shares the gospel, whether that person's door is 100 feet away from yours or whether it's 100,000, well, there's not 100,000 miles, you'd be on the moon. But but the point is that um, you you have the opportunity to be a missionary 100 feet away. Yeah. And if you're not going to be a missionary 100 feet away, you're not going to be a missionary 10,000 miles away. No, no, you're not. So, And it's not relegated to people who have a specific missionary calling because Christ has already extended to all of us yeah. a missionary calling. Go, when he says yeah. go, and he made it easy for us. He said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends mm-hmm. of the earth. So there is a circle in there somewhere that you fall, and your circle may be, a quarter mile, but there's a lot of people that live within that quarter mile more yep. than likely that that you God's called you to be a missionary to. So this tool, this pray for the number four, pray for Tennessee. Uh, sorry, pray for tn dot uh, org. This is a tool that helps you be a missionary yep. right in your neighborhood, beginning with a way to strategically pray for people. Yeah. And there's been people that talk about, you know, that prayer is, is sort of that carpet bomb that uh, breaks down those spiritual bar- barriers for being able to then go in with the gospel. Yeah. The two are inseparable. Yeah. Pray for people, share the gospel with people. There's no secret formula. Yeah. To and Chris, let me go on and give a warning. If you don't want to care for people around you, don't start praying for them. Yeah, that's right. If, if you don't want to care... It's contagious yeah. when you start praying and caring. Uh, my little girl, for example, saw saw me praying and saw this list because it's there nearly every single day. And she caught me early in the morning. She saw this. She asked, Daddy, what are those names? I said, well, honey, these names are people of our neighbors. These, these are folks that we live next to. She's like, well, what are they doing? And then she just went on this barrage of just questions about them. And most of those questions, I'm like, I don't know what they do. I don't know if all this. She's like, well, Daddy, why don't we know? And uh, my little girl was just throwing one convicting question after I was another. Say, it sounded like the Holy Spirit was uh, I tell you, she was doing it. And so, uh, and I told her, I said, honey, I'm praying because I want our family to start sharing gospel and caring for them. And she said, well, daddy, when can we do it? Can we do something today? 
Um, so I, I've been praying and I've been sharing and I've been trying to do things. My little girl um, saw it and started asking questions. If you don't want to care for your neighbors, don't start praying. Don't do this. Uh, if you want to f- live a complete purpose life of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and be a following, surrendered believer of him, then you are required and called out to pray for your neighbors. And watch out, it's contagious. Your whole family will catch this fire of serving, loving, and leading these people to Jesus. And, you know, other than the fact that it's completely disobedient to not care since God called <laughs> us, since, since Jesus called yep. us to care and love your neighbor as That's yourself— true. So if you don't want to pray, you might want to check some other aspects of your Christianity. So, well, that's all good. Um, people can go out to our website and and the the pray for number four pray for tn dot org and get information about the uh, application that David's talking about. He also mentioned the reaching app which you can just go to your Google Play or your iTunes uh, store, uh, App Store, and um, download those. A lot of great resources on that. Uh, A lot of prayer rallies going on. Again, these are not prayer rallies where we're talking about the process of praying. Uh, They're actually going to be places where people come and congregate and pray for people. And Chris, so, it would behoove me not to tell you as well and, and, and the listeners that uh, the four that I mentioned are just within this next couple months. There are several more that, right. that are coming. And every day that I, I live, I've got in my inbox right now two more emails from pastors in areas that are like, hey, I want to have one at my church. So that was the other point I wanted to make about that. Regardless of where you live in Tennessee, there's probably going to there's come, one come a pray for Tennessee opportunity. And so, if you don't hear one coming and you want one where you're at, amen. you call me, yep. you email me, devans at tmbatch.org, and uh, we here uh, at the mission board will come and we will uh, be your Aaron. We'll lift your arms up and help you lead a prayer rally in your area and adopt homes uh, in your area, in your community for evangelistic prayer. So here's my challenge. Uh, If you're listening to this, will you help me Mm -hmm. adopt every single household in Tennessee for evangelistic prayer? I don't think we've ever done that before. I can't imagine what in the world that would do if we're evangelistically praying for every single household. If you will help me do it, I tell you, we'll be able to see what it would do. And uh, I know one thing, it's not going to hurt a thing. And I believe the Lord um, may just be pouring out some blessings. Well, um, you know, if we want to see big change in Tennessee spiritually, we need some big prayers with some big faith and a big God that's going to respond. Because we know, we know that God wants people to come to faith and believe in Him. Yes. We know that God wants to use His people to that end. So we already know that that's what God's desire is. But what God wants us to do is fervently plead on behalf of lost people uh, for their salvation. And then he wants us to share the word with them. Yes, It's not that complicated. Pray and go. And that's really what you and Rock and others are calling for here at the mission board is really just see those churches we have some great stories. We probably don't have time for all those now, but we have some great stories of some churches that are doing some amazing things and seeing some amazing things happen through them. Yeah. So we know it's happening. 
We just need a whole bunch more people involved with it. That's right, Chris. And whatever we can do at the mission board to help people do this, that is what we are called to do, to serve churches, to make Christ known in your community. So whatever it is, please don't hesitate to call or email us so we can just be a part. We can help. Man, we can just rally and just cheer and pray for you. If that's the least that we can do, man, I just want to cheer some folks on. That'd be awesome. That's what we're here for. Let us know. Definitely. Well, David, thanks so much. Uh, We'll look forward to touching base in a future podcast of just how things are going and give a report on where things have been with the the prayer rallies and then uh, just kind of an update on, on opportunities that people might have to serve in some other ways. So thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for listening to Radio B&R, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the golden offering for Tennessee missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.